0: Welcome to One Dive at a Time, the official podcast of Neptune Warrior. Healing heroes, one dive at a time. Hey, this is Rob, the founder and director of Neptune Warrior. I'd like to say hello to all seven subscribers. Actually, we've got more than that. But uh, And, you know, I got asked the other day about how many subscribers we actually have, and I don't. Tr- I honestly don't keep track of it. And the reason being is I don't want that to influence anything I say or do or any anything that we're, you know, any any of the, 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 the parts that make this show what it is. I want to be able to come on here, not have sponsors, and not be manipulated by numbers or anything else. And that kind of leads us into what I do want to talk about today, and that is the question of, Do military veterans tend to look down on rejected military applicants? The interview I've got today is with an outstanding young man who was part of our organization, who did get rejected from the military when he was in basic training. And, you know, that question has come up quite a few times when we talk to potential. When we talk to potential divers, I mean, it is not uncommon to get someone to say, "You know, I didn't make it through my AIT, or I washed out in boot camp, or I washed out in basic." And for us, we don't. And I and I know this goes against the grain of some military organizations because they want that honorable discharge paper. And the way it works with us is, hey, you know, you made an attempt. We, when you look at the pool that's out there now this comes from a study that was done around 2009 2010 only about 25 percent of 18 to 24 year olds are even recruitable so to take the steps to move forward and become a member of the military now that's just recruitable 25 percent of the population and what causes rejection is it might be something that is physical, it might be cognitive, it might be something in behavior, or it might be someone who's morally unsuited, that they don't make it into that 25%. Then you take that 25% and you begin to move them through the rigors of basic training and technical training, technical schools, advanced uh, advanced individual training, all the services have that. And to make it far enough in to become a member of the military is pretty rigorous. So when we have someone come to us and say, hey, look, I, I got bumped out because I had a heart murmur that, that they didn't find when I was in MEPS. Or, you know, there's, you know, just something didn't click right or, or whatever it was. We still accept those individuals because it's that heart and that soul of wanting to serve that really makes Neptune a top first-class organization. Anyway, on today's interview, I'm going to talk to Jacob Bowers. And Jacob, you know, unfortunately, that happened. But check this out. I mean, here's a guy who's an Eagle Scout. He came into our organization, was highly helpful, was a great presence on the dive site. He went on to become an EMT. He works in an emergency room. He's got a family. This guy is set. And you know what? He is making another attempt to get back in. So he came to us a few, a few months ago and asked about if we'd be willing to, to do some paperwork to show his recruiter, you know, the education that he received here and what kind of a, of a student that he was and what kind of a contributor to the community. And hands down, I mean, we, there was no way we could turn that kind of an opportunity down. As a matter of fact, I would have been pretty upset had we not had that opportunity to, help Jacob get in to the service. Now, as of the time of this recording, I don't know what his status is. I did get a chance to talk to his chief recruiter a few weeks ago and kind of find out about the progress. And right now things are looking very positive. They want him in. It just depends on what, you know, you're dealing, you're dealing with a bureaucracy at, at this point. So it really, it really depends on, really depends on them. But here's a guy, a young man, I don't want to say kid, but here's you know, here's a young man who has this desire to serve his country. This is an outstanding interview, probably one of the best interviews that we've had on Neptune. I love all the guests that we've had. We've had great interviews, but I gotta tell you what, I had a hard time sleeping after doing this interview because it's just I wanted to go and shake some admiral or something and go. Dude, this guy, this is the people you want in the service. There's plenty of people who just kind of coast it in, just kind of mail it in. Man, let him take somebody's place. In fact, he could take the place of five or six people. Outstanding individual, and I just highly, highly recommend him. So let's go ahead and get into that interview. Hey, in this episode, I've got Jacob with us today. And Jacob is one of those divers, he came in, was doing the program, was hanging out, all of a sudden he just kind of like disappears. But then he comes back, and that's (laughs) one of the things that I love about this community is that people come in and you know? then sometimes they'll, they'll have other things that they go in and they accomplish, they have other parts. But Jacob is a little more special than that. And a lot of that is because I know his dad. His dad's a fellow veteran and we worked together. We shared, um, actually, when I was building Neptune, I bounced a lot of ideas off of his dad. But with Jacob, it's completely different because I no longer think of him as being the son of somebody I know. As he was going through our program just this young man started really, really coming in on his own. And sometimes I have to remind myself, oh yeah, Jacob, he's actually belongs to Ron. And it's, it's been great seeing you kind of come into your own, your own being. So I've got some paperwork to fill out for you today. You've got a new adventure that you're going on. Uh, Kind of tell us where you've been, where you're going and maybe kind of and when we were talking on the phone earlier, you're like, "Oh man, Neptune's really helped me out so much." And so, kind of, I'm, I'm just going to let you kind of take off, and we'll conversate as we go through.
1: Yeah, awesome. Um, so when I came to the Neptune program, um, it kind of was something I stumbled on. It was the fact that my dad, uh, uh, as Rob was saying, he was kind of bouncing ideas off of him, and uh, I kind of started picking my dad's brain, going, "Hey, uh, I think I think this may be just a, a veteran thing, but uh, do you do you think that Rob would?" would maybe let me come and at least trial this dive program thing. I, I, I think that this would really be something beneficial for me at that time. Uh, I was, I was working as a wildland firefighter seasonally. I was still just kind of trying to come into my own, figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Um, something that's kind of hard for me is that I, at that time was recently back from Navy boot camp, and, uh, I was not successful. I went into it a little gung-ho thinking I can conquer the world and was quickly humbled as I realized that I was not at that point in my life where I was capable of overcoming those, I guess, those, those fears and uh, came back kind of with my, my tail tucked between my legs and was like, okay, well, on to the next thing. But something that's always kind of been at the forefront of my mind, um, be it that my dad did 20 plus years in the army, is service. I'm an Eagle Scout. My dad has always instilled those values in in all of his children, is that we are we are to serve those around us. And coming out of out of Navy boot camp, that was something that's just always been it's been an intrinsic desire for me is just to serve, to, to find my community and to to serve those around me. And so when I touched base with Rob and he said, you know, come on out. Like this is, yeah, the, the focus of this program is healing our veterans, healing our first responders. But that doesn't exclude those those individuals that are, I mean, dependents of veterans. Those people that have ties to the veteran community and the first responder community. Um, and so that's that's what really kind of drew me into the program. And so I got to go through the program and and found... Uh, wild success in it, just just finding the confidence in my abilities to um, navigate the the unknown water that's that you can't see. It's murky. You're you're just trying to figure out the the claustrophobia, the the fact that I'm diving in a a Farmer John two piece that is squeezing squeezing the life out of me, feeling claustrophobic, and just realizing that I had a great mentor there that said, you know, deep breath, you're gonna be okay. I've got you. And that just that ability to know that you've got almost like a battle buddy there that's like you're my brother like i'm gonna I'm gonna protect you I'm gonna make sure that you get out of this in one piece and made it an enjoyable experience that shifted my mindset so much so that as I left the program and went on with my life, I got married I had I have kids of my own now um, I was able to complete a Structural Firefighting Academy. I was able to get my EMT. I currently work for an ambulance department. I work for St. Luke's now, working on a med surge unit. I have found my my success and found my place because of the lessons that that Rob and the team of, at Neptune Warrior has has provided me.
0: Uh, you mentioned, you know, going through going through the structure fire course. Of course, that means that when you do that. Breathing apparatuses, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: How uh, how did the net? Because I know that early on we had talked about you know making sure that you breathe that you can resolve. As long as you've got air, you can you can resolve your issues and things like that. What are some things out of your dive training has helped you be successful in the EMT or the the uh, the firefighting world?
1: I think one of the big things is, I mean, it's metaphorically just taking a knee. Obviously, you can't do that underwater. But taking a moment to just kind of clear your head of the problem, stop viewing it as, as some sort of stumbling block and start figuring out the process by which you can rectify it. I know that during some of our dive stuff, we worked on going down to the bottom of the pool, turning our air off and working on blowing little bubbles, and kicking your way up to the top. And so utilizing those skills of, okay, yeah, I don't have air right now. I, nope, there's no air. But what am I gonna do from here? Okay, what was my training? I was told to start to let air out of my BCD and kick to the top. And so being in the Structural Academy side, we do toxic bottle changes where you're breathing, you realize that your air is bad and I need to change my bottle right now. And what that involves is big inhale, crank the bottle off, pull your your SCBA off, pop your bottle out, grab a new bottle, put your new bottle in, snap it in, turn it back on and get yourself back on air. And that process can be very nerve wracking, even in a training atmosphere where theoretically you can just grab your mask and pop it off and breathe. But it's instilling those values of, if you're in a immediate hazard to to life kind of situation where there's smoke, okay, calm yourself. Realize you can hold your breath. It's okay. Take that pack off. Change your bottle. Go through those motions. And so, what almost came naturally in that in in the fire academy was that you know it's similar to diving.
0: It's a lot like a ditch and don, except for you're breathing continuously in yeah. an underwater environment. But, but
1: even that, when we yeah. dove out at at Lucky Peak, when we were in the shallows, you were like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take our entire pack off. Like take take your BCD off. Get it out in front of you. Okay, what are you gonna do to get it back on? Now you're in a now you're in a weird almost it's almost like a level playing field now like it's not something where you can just muscle the thing on. you now have to manipulate your own body, manipulate that pack around you, get it back on, and realize okay, if I think through this methodically, step one, step two, step three, step four, I'm going to go from pack off to with no air to pack on, and air's back on and so that's that's kind of showed me that you know. Nothing in life, nothing in this in this world is insurmountable. We can't over we can overcome just about any trial if we take a knee, gather ourselves, and go, what was the process I was taught? When I face adversity, when I face something that's that's a little difficult, What's my first step? Reground myself. Where am I at? Who am I with? Do I have my battle buddy? What am I doing? And then from there, okay, the next process is, what what's going to be those life-saving skills so scuba right it's it's keeping air if i have air i have life same thing with fire if i have air i have life right and so we're, we're going through those processes of just kind of if i can maintain these things if i can go from from where i'm at now to having air hey guess what i got one more breath to keep fighting whether that be to the surface or to my patient.
0: You mentioned a lot about... Uh, in fact, you mentioned a couple of times now about the battle buddy, having, having someone there, having someone there who's got your six. For you, uh, coming into Neptune and, and finding a tribe, how did that make a difference for you, As especially now that you are you know, continuing to grow in other areas?
1: It was odd. I think that coming into the program, you kind of look at it as almost a selfish thing. You go in saying, okay, look at me. Look what I can do. I am I can muscle this thing. I can do it all on my own. And something that was instilled very quickly and uh, humbled me quite quickly was, we don't dive alone. We don't dive alone. You need to have a buddy. Because if you have an issue, they are there to help save your life. And if they have an issue, you're there to help save them. And so that's something that we utilize in the fire service. You never go into anything alone. You, I mean, freelancing is, is not a good idea and it's very frowned upon. And so everywhere that you go, you're going to have somebody there with you that is your, it's your battle buddy. Really, that's just it. It's your, it's your, it's your brother, it's your sister. And so that, that mindset within Neptune Warrior is what, I mean, kind of shifted my, my path for the future was okay i'm not in this alone i know i have people that are in my tribe that are in my circle now i've got my wife i've got my kids i've got my in-laws i've got my parents that i didn't really view as that previously and now that i'm now that i look at that and i view it from that mindset of okay this is not a this is not a one man battle it really has kind of it's kind of pushed me towards success because i go okay i'm not doing this alone if i have a struggle guess what i can lean on that guy and we can we can push through this together which really just kind of multiplies your success and multiplies you become a force multiplier at that point because you're you're capable of of carrying more doing more when there's more hands kind of that many hands make light work right that's that's something that was really kind of instilled through the through the neptune warrior program
0: what was it like when you got your jacket
1: It was an odd experience because coming into the program, I viewed myself not necessarily as an outsider, but I realized the purpose and it was a very almost sacred purpose behind Neptune Warrior because you don't want to, I mean, we don't want to make a light of what what this program is. I mean, some will view it as, oh, hey, it's just a bunch of guys and girls that get together and they go scuba diving and, oh, wow, that's really cool, but it's not just that on the surface people can say wow that's really cool you guys get to go scuba diving but there is a there is something that happens underwater that is just euphoric and almost ethereal when you are underwater and you are going through through that as a as a group you're you have all i mean it's a level playing field at that point i mean for for us we've got air force people marines first responders Army, and we may not have been at the same place, but you know, on that day, we were all in the same water doing the same thing, we were on common ground. And so, you kind of build that tribe that we've all been here together, we all experienced this together. And so, being able to step into that family, into that tribe, and go, You know, I didn't serve my country the way that you guys did, I did not sacrifice the way that you guys did and you almost i felt honored to be a part of that tribe to be able to call myself a member of that neptune warrior family and that neptune warrior tribe um it was it was really cool because the thing was is i i wasn't viewed as an outsider all these people welcomed me with open arms they welcomed me as as a brother and that was i mean it was really cool because it was something that from the outside looking in, I already viewed as a very sacred thing because these people were using this as a therapy for them to overcome traumas, to overcome um, a loss of tribe kind of feeling. And so, I mean, the, the, the big thing that I, that I, I drew from getting my, my jacket was that it was not a dime a dozen thing. That jacket came to me with a patch with my name on it. It was not a "here's your Neptune Warrior Dive" patch. It said my name in that dive flag, and that meant a lot because it was something that um, was not just given to me, but it was it was through donations. It was
0: yeah, yeah. We actually use an angel, don- you know, an angel donor or a couple of angel donors will sponsor each one of those jackets.
1: Yeah, and that was what was really cool is is that when I received my jacket. Rob mentioned that to, to the group. This jacket was purchased and funded by somebody who's walking in the same the same path that Jacob is. He was a firefighter, he was a first responder. And each jacket that gets donated and, and comes through those angel donors is done so by somebody who has either walked that same path, who has has, has been in those same places. Marines are sponsoring Marines and Army sponsoring Army. And for me, a firefighter and first responder sponsored my jacket. And so what would have been a very expensive process to go through, acquiring those certifications and getting to participate in all those courses became very financially manageable for me. And that, w- I mean, that was just something that was a godsend and something I, I can never – really repay because it was it was just something that was so i mean personal to
0: me you, your dad has mentioned that that's really kind of where your confidence journey really began was a was neptune and as i'm sitting here talking to him I'm like wow this is definitely a changed person and it's, it's probably because you know the schools that you've gone through the training that you've received the jobs that you're working a lot of responsibility uh and a lot of confidence building on that so what's next
1: so uh as you mentioned when we, when we first started this podcast that you were going to be filling out some documents for me, um, I don't know what the future holds. But I do know that at this point, um, I'm currently speaking with, with a recruiter and we're, we're working through the process of reenlistment um, Because, and it is something that, I mean, it, it pricks my heart because it's something that I've been battling for since I got out. I've known from a very young age that I wanted to serve. I wanted to be in the military. I wanted to follow in my father's footsteps, um, and, but still have something that was my own. And that's why I chose the Navy is because, I mean, my dad was army, my brother's army, and I wanted something that was my own. It was in my own path, but yet it still meant the same. It was still serving my country, serving my community. And so it's been something I've been battling with for the last 10 years is, is the back and forth of submitting documents and getting the rejection and going, okay, this isn't my year, maybe next year. And just trying to find those successes throughout that. And this year we, we've made it further than any previous attempts at reenlistment. And so, I mean, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, Hopefully come next week, we'll have a more. Decisive answer as to whether we got the, the, the go or the no-go um, As far as what that means for me I don't think that that's going to hinder my, my progression and my success I, I know that I can be successful outside of the military I just feel like the experiences that I've gained um, As a husband, as a father And as an as a EMT, a firefighter and some of the skills that I've learned through through Neptune Warrior will be uh, invaluable to teaching young recruits and helping them to overcome some of those fears as they go through basic and as they start their naval career. If that's afforded to me.
0: Well, I mean, you've obviously been serving your community, which is which is you know, and and it's on a daily you know on a daily daily basis. So obviously, we, we appreciate that. Jacob wishing you the best of luck thank you so much for stopping by thank you for the opportunity to be part of of this process and get those forms filled out and try to try, try to put the right words where where they need to go and 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 do our part so thank you again thank you and I'm very glad you've, you've been part of our program
1: yeah thank you thank you for everything that you've done for for me and allowing me to be a part of this program
0: had to take a moment between <laughs> before I start the mic back up. That to me is one of the most moving interviews we have done. and I mean we have talked to people who have had to deal with suicide, they've had to deal with loss, they've had to deal with injuries and, and traumatic brain injuries and PTSD. Here is a young man who desperately, desperately wants to serve. And I got to tell you, hey, US Navy, you guys are a bunch of idiots if you don't take this guy. Come on. I mean, I've seen some good people, really good people, you know, be, be tossed out of the service. And you know, it just man, this is a this is a guy you're pulling for. You really hope that he gets in. He was fantastic with our program. He did both the open water as well as the advanced course and he was just he was a phenomenal presence on the dive scene you know he talked about the angel donors on the jackets and i and i do want to clarify something on that so on jake in jacob's case it was someone who had been a firefighter that uh supported his angel or was the angel donor for his jacket uh and the way we work that program is is that we gift those jackets and the you know so we are always looking for people to support those jackets we get a tremendous deal through someone who's local who has a lot of heart puts those together has helped us with the design part of that and they they actually run about 200 to 300 a piece once all the customized work is done on them and and as jacob said when that diver gets that jacket it has their name on it so that individual recognition as well as the as well as the organization so we're definitely looking for sponsors for that we have also got something that is that we're right in the middle of and that is we have got our dive masters and our instructors that are up for insurance renewals and membership renewals if your company is involved in any type of a matching program like you can donate and they'll match to it we are listed in a lot of different, and unfortunately, I can't tell you the company that it goes through or the or the, the resource of of how uh, that, that provides the, the benefits of those donations and the activity that takes place with that. So I I, I can't mention that <laughs> per se, but there uh, a lot of a lot of companies will do matching through. A third party and we are part of uh, many if not most of those programs if not you can always support us you know through Facebook or PayPal and things like that and if you know if you're in doubt just just reach out to us but I've got some instructors and dive masters that dedicate a ton of hours to making sure that these divers are safe in the water that they're learning and they've got some great activities going on for them so you know not not only you know supporting the jackets but also supporting you know, uh, you know the training operations that that take place for us. Hey, that is all I've got in this episode. I, again, please make sure that you're going out there and not only just downloading the episode. Please subscribe, like, rate, positive comments, share with your friends. We have got to get this message out to, to other veterans that as long as you know. I don't want to say the the tagline for the show (laughs) because you'll think I'm in it, but really, 90% of the problems that we face as veterans, that we face as people, 90% of the problems that can, can be resolved as long as you still got air. And that's the thing we keep trying to put across to our guys is, man, fight for another day, okay? Having a bad day doesn't make a bad life, okay? Think about that. Having a bad day doesn't make a bad life. And if you've got toxic people, those those toxic relationships, you can't change the people that are around you, but you can change the people that are around you. So think about that as well. Hey, that's all I've got for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, go out there, like, subscribe, rate, share it out. Go check us out on Instagram. Check out our website. We just want to be a resource for veterans. So that's all I have for this episode. Appreciate it again. And remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right.